Are you ready to manage your work and personal world better to live a fulfilling, productive life? Then you've come to the right place. Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. Here are your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud, with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks. And welcome back, everybody, to Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things personal productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. I am Augusto Pinaud. Good morning. And I'm Art Gelwicks. Good morning. So welcome to the show, gentlemen, and uh, welcome to our listeners. So today, what we're going to be doing on the cast is talking about managing digital notebooks. It seems to be a pain point for a lot of folks. And so we thought we would spend a little bit of time today in this episode talking about how people manage notebooks. And so we all actually come at this from very different perspectives. I, I want us each to kind of talk about our own ways in which we manage notebooks and how that either helps or hurts us in our own productivity systems and maybe some of the challenges that we do face as we as we move along in it. Let's start off with how each of us actually manage notebooks. What types of notebooks do we use, uh, specifically in the digital world? But we, we had an episode on bullet journaling and we talked about the physical notebook world. And so we know that in some way, shape or form, those are always going to uh, blend into one another. So let, let's talk a little bit more about our, our digital notebooks today. There is two problems with digital notebooks. One is how you organize, then how you find the information. You know, when you had a paper one, you have the advantage that for good or for bad, you know, you can move back and forward, you may lose the information, but, but you carry and remember that, or, or have the the reminder in front of you that you have this thing to take the notes. When you digitalize that, the advantage is you can now put out a ridiculous amount more information for the same amount of weight. The problem is how you are going to find that information. As much as search capability is amazing these days, it is still a problem of remember what is the information you put in there or what is the information you do not want to lose out of that notebook. That said, there is better tools or tools that work better for certain people than others. And, and now the question comes on, on what you want to do. You know, for, for me in particular, the notebook for, to work, it, I, for years I miss the handwriting, even that my, my handwriting is awful. I, I miss the ability to handwrite on the screen, but I did not want it to carry all the digital stuff that I carry with me every day, plus carrying a notebook or a couple of notebooks. Now that um, now that Apple had the Apple Pro with the pencil, then it gives me the advantage that I can do good handwriting notes, okay? Even carry a couple of different notebooks for a couple of different purposes, but take good notes in the process and having a good place where I can find them. It's funny because it is probably one of the biggest problems I personally run into and everybody I talk to run into. Uh, OneNote, which is my tool of choice for digital notes, is fantastic at creating multiple notebooks. The hangup they have is that every time you create a notebook, it's a separate file. So you, you can wind up with just a plethora of different files. Now, there's a lot of advantages to that, but there's also some disadvantages too. And trying to keep all that stuff organized 
can be really problematic. You wind up with notebooks all over the place. You can wind up with them in OneDrive, in OneNote online, on your local hard drives. And it becomes a matter of give and take. A lot of the normal reaction is, okay, fine, I'll just put everything in one, one, one note notebook. Say that three times fast. If you do that, you've introduced a whole new set of problems. So there isn't really a good solution for it. Now let's throw in on top of it my other favorite thing, which is my paper journals, because I love writing on paper. You capture information, you're able to review it, but it's one of the reasons why people have gone to digital. Digital's easier to um, recall, easier to search, it's lighter, <laughs> for lack of a better term in many cases. And working together a concept like bullet journaling into this mix really becomes a struggle for a lot of people because they're like, well, I want to do it on paper, but I want the benefits of digital. How do I get to that happy medium? So they try to do things like recreate a digital bullet journal in something like OneNote, which is never a perfect fit. It's doable, but it's not a perfect fit. And I think that's the hang up of all of this is there is no perfect answer to this. There's a it becomes a work process that you have to have. There's no flip a switch. All the notes will work just fine if you follow this structure. And I have yet to find a tool that does not have that problem if it's handling digital note taking. I can see your point. And, and as a, you know, I'm an Evernote certified consultant and I, and I love Evernote. So, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the the way in which Evernote manages information. And, you know, I think of Evernote more as a knowledge management tool, but in so many ways, it is the note-taking software of choice for myself whenever I go into, into, into meetings, except for the fact that having a computer in a meeting while talking to clients is still somewhat of a barrier for me. I don't I don't necessarily know if clients don't particularly like it, but I don't like it. I don't like having a computer between us, whereas having a physical notebook that I could take notes into uh, gener generally is something that I feel more comfortable with. So I've actually gone to using a notebook called the, the Everlast Notebook made by the Rocketbook team. And now they have all kinds of different notebooks, but this Everlast uh, series of notebooks comes in different sizes and they allow me to take handwritten notes and then push those notes into the Evernote platform as, as handwritten notes, but they, they are then OCR'd by Evernote so that I can search them. And this has actually really helped synthesize my digital system and and so let me let me take a step back though and and cover a little bit of how i perceive how i view the importance of being able to manage uh, data in notebooks right so so for from a note taking perspective we have the capturing process into a notebook we have then the management of that data within notebooks and then we have the ability to filter and search, you know, surface the information, uh, hopefully more quickly than slowly uh, when we're trying to uh, find that information that we want. And so whether you use notebooks in the classical sense or tags to be able to filter, organize, and also create workflows, managing that, that information well is actually really important for the long term, I know that search is great. I know that the ability, you know, the search functionality in, in many digital tools today is great. Uh, but 
that that can't be the 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 um, the extent of your organizing of notebooks because once it gets large enough, then your your rate of being able to surface the information you want quickly, easily, and accurately diminishes diminishes to a point of making you less productive. Not just not just being frustrating, but then you you come into this perspective of the same problem we have with paper filing, which is that you can spend an exorbitant amount of time looking for paper things. Do you do you agree or or disagree? We'll start with you, Augusto. Do you agree or disagree? Can you can you not talk right now? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's muted right now. He he's, mu- hear he's muted. He can hear me. Oh oh oh. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So he wants to. He wants to. Oh okay. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah. So, Art, go for it. Agree, disagree. What, what's your, what, what are your thoughts there? I wish it were that easy. I wish it were so easy to say, yeah, I agree with it completely, or no, I disagree with it completely. This is that recurring problem, and I'll throw a, I'll throw another product into this that neither one of us have, you know, a dog in the game for, which is. Simple note. Simple note is a text-based note taker. Doesn't do graphics, doesn't do images. I think it might do links, but I'm not entirely sure. But it's it's just pure text-based. And when you think about capturing information into that, you can do all the same types of things. You can create bullet journal type structures, you can create your own note structures. Uh, I have to go back to a basic question. Have we basically decided that 30 years ago, before we had digital notebooks, we were completely unproductive? Because that's, that's really where I have to say, we used to be able to do this all the time. We had day planners. We had Franklin Covey books. We had you know, the composition books. And we got stuff done. It happened. We had our notes. We found our information. So have we just become addicted to the fact that the digital components make it easier, but not necessarily better? I, I'm still struggling with that part of it. So unfortunately, I don't have a clear yes, no, I agree, I don't agree, because it, it's still too muddled in my mind. So there's two things to say to that. My problem with, and, and let me start with single note. I think the problem with single note is that, well, there's no really advantage to single note, you know. That's that's a reason on the original, you know, digital devices, the pump pilot and the pocket PCs and all that. Really, that never substitute the the pen and paper or as a, as a note, mostly because you need to have that ability to be able to handwrite, being able to 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 make graphs, to make you know. Are you making a draft every time? No, but you make them often enough where sometimes that explains better than anything else. You know, you're trying to make some measurements, make a square, write down the measurements. Can you do that with text? Yes, you can, but it's never going to be as easy as make four lines on the on the page and, and move on. Um, and I think that's where the technology has come now, where we can combinate those two things and find it. Could we do the note paper? Yes, but I think we have also been used or 
retrain to have accessibility of everything. And I think that's what changed the paper world. You know, when, if I, if I go and, and we think on the Getting Things Done book, you know, when it came back on the 90s, okay, one of the massive concepts that came in that book was context. Why? Because it was revolutionary. Hey, don't only look at your task when you are at the office, but the contexts were also really real. Okay, phone, you need to be attached to a phone. Okay, office, you need to have an office. I mean, there was those contexts were physical. A lot of them were physical. Today, and, and I've been joking about this for, for years, you know, most people can put everything on a context card at anywhere. Because between cell phones that everybody has, okay, you can access and do work anywhere on any kind of work. It's really more a matter of do you choose to or not. And I think that's what has changed with the notebooks. You could have a really good notebook and then file it or keep it in the office. And you knew you were only going to do the work in the office. But now let me ask you, when did you consider, well, I cannot do that work because I will not be on an office set. No, you pull the laptop and work anywhere. So I think that's part of what is changing. The data do not used to be that relevant that you have access to that data anywhere, as is now critical that you do. But, okay, now here's where I'm going to challenge you on that, because at what point did we decide it was critical that we have that all the time? There's a concept I've talked about in the past called spheres of access, where you think about the stuff you've got in your pockets, the stuff you've got within immediate reach, and then the stuff you've got within fairly accessible reach somewhere in your office, somewhere in your home, wherever, and the information that goes along with it. At what point did we decide that everything has to be in our pockets? Because what we're doing, I think, and I'm going to take the you know, devil's advocate position, I think we're creating unrealistic expectations for ourselves and everyone else that if we don't have a piece of information immediately at our finger, that... Oh, we are. I completely agree with you on that one. You, you, I, we have created that expectation. It's one of the problems that we have. Is we are creating the expectation that for good or for bad, we can work anywhere, we can accomplish anywhere, and we have the information anywhere we go. You know, think about it, how many times you have gone on a personal setting, on a work setting, and people ask you for information, and they don't understand why you don't have it in front of them right now, right there, and and easily accessible. And by the way, that expectation is reciprocal. You are expecting exactly the same thing. I'm not saying it's right. I would say speak for yourself, Augusto. (laughs) No, I I recognize that there's a societal or cultural uh, movement that that I can't control. But within my own world, I'm very clear about the boundaries of having access to data and access to tools and the expectation of others to do that as well, especially when they're not working. And so so I, I think I think what we all need to do listeners included, is make sure that we're creating the right set of boundaries, that we're stewarding the cultural norms, the mores that are important to the movement of us all staying productive as a society, because otherwise, 
if we have this expectation that everybody should have all their data accessible to them at all times, not just because they can, because it's digital, but more importantly, because they should, I think that's wrong. I think we, I think we need to uh, very much recognize the fact that we don't always need to have access to all of our data because we should. Uh, it's, it's a, it's the it's it's the inappropriate context. Like if I'm standing in an airport lounge, the last thing I need to do is to have a very, uh, you know, intense conversation with a vendor over pricing. It's it's not the it's not the right place and time for that conversation. You know, or if I'm in the middle of my workday, I'm not going to pick up a call from my mother unless it's an emergency. the The reality is is that we have we should be using context today by by looking at the the appropriateness of our own energy level our mood you know our our available motivation and willpower to be able to do those things as opposed to having accessible certain things and i think this is what kind of bringing us back to managing digital notebooks this is where having the right organized set of notebooks really does come into play I'd like us to talk a little bit about how we organize our own digital notebooks, and uh, and that way we can kind of uh, uh, sort of help listeners understand uh, how we've structured them in our own world for optimal productivity. How do we how do we organize those digital notebooks so that we can we can do certain things? And I'll give a I'll give a, an example here from my own system. I have I have. A, a set of life categories that I've created. And those categories outline for me a structure very similar to, uh, it's identical actually, to any other organized system, organized structure in my world. So for example, uh, a lot of people probably don't think about this, but I have matching calendars to my life categories. I have matching notebooks and stacks and Evernote to my life categories. And I have a matching folders to my life categories in Google Drive, on my desktops, and those are of course synchronized, so it's it, I don't have to duplicate those. Uh, but Dropbox, you name it, everywhere where the file structure is, I've managed to replicate those that system so that the highest branch of what I see is the same. In my email, I use G Suite, so I have both Gmail at home and at work. And so the labels match my life categories. And as much as I can, and it hasn't been identical because systems are the way they are, but they aren't exactly the same colors, but I've attempted to, to basically match the colors to the same, which allows me to be able to quickly move things into not just the, the words of the life categories, but just identifying the color has allowed me to be able to manage my notebooks in a way that capturing is as efficient as I could possibly be because all I have to do is drag an email to a color label. I don't have to actually think about those things. And and it's all the same. So it's structured the same. They're in the same places. So it really allows for greater productivity for me because I can quickly source things. I know the big buckets in which things live, and I know how to find those things because they are, they're always the same. And if there's a question about, should I put you know, medical receipts in my invoices, uh, my financial management notebook, or should I put them into my medical notebook? Well, 
I just make a decision at the very beginning. They're always going to go into my finances notebook. And then they go in there and I don't think about it again. So whenever you have a decision between two different places in terms of notebooks, just choose one and just continue doing that. And it really doesn't matter at that point. Well, and I think and I think that's also a matter of also what platform you are using. Uh, I for years I try Evernote, I try OneNote, and and my problem with them, those two platforms, as good as they are for certain things, was the fact that I could not really handwrite, and it was nothing to do with the two platforms, it has to do with where the technology was. Okay, the closest to handwriting capabilities that I can really recall before the Apple Pencil was the tablet PC and it, it wasn't it was okay but it wasn't amazing. So and it was then a really bulky notebook in order to do that. So for me that change for for a really transition to a digital notebook came when the iPad Pro allows you to start using the pencil uh, to handwrite. And I'm glad that even Android now has catch up is that ability to do handwriting. That said, I use a software uh, called GoodNotes, and and I basically had three uh, distinguished notebooks um, where all my information goes, and most of it is there, and it's synchronized uh, through all my devices. So even that I cannot technically handwrite notes on my iPhone, I can go and check open on my iPhone where my notes are. That allows me when I'm not carrying any other thing other than the iPhone that is rare. But when that happens, I can even look at my notes if I need to. Um, so there is there is my day-to-day -day notes and it's basically an input notebook where everything goes chronologically and then I kind of scratch and process. Uh, then I have one that is more like uh, it follows a bullet journal scheme in the sense that everything is indexed. So I can go to the index and go to that part. And then all the notes related to that no, tend to be filed there, if we call it in a way. And then I have um, my impact journal where, where I write every day uh, based on, you know, on, on the things that I have or that I'm writing for the Connecting Visible Dots book. Um, those are my three journals that I carry with a beautiful thing that I you know, carry them on the weight of the iPad. Yeah, see, I have a, a different problem with the handwriting recognition. A lot of people struggle with it because their handwriting, it's not very good, it can't recognize. My problem is my handwriting's too good. That sounds braggadocious, but it's true. I've done calligraphy for years. My handwriting is very good. And it drives handwriting recognition bonkers because it can't read script. And I'm not going to downgrade to do printing all the time just to accommodate a handwriting recognition system. I know you're paying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's like, oh, you know what? I write so well. Why can't you read this? And then I realized nobody else can either because it's too pretty. Um, but... <laughs> But one of the things I've started doing is I've reversed the mentality between analog and digital. And it dovetails to one of our previous shows when we were talking about backup systems. I've started using digital more and more as the backup system for my analog notes. And here's an example of it. I use bullet journaling during meetings to capture what's going on and action items and things like that. But I don't 
use the bullet journal to track those items down to completion. What I do after the meeting is I'll use something like Google Keep, just as an example, take a picture of the notes and then add checklist items at the bottom of the Google Keep note for all the action items that I have to do, the things that require tick boxes. What that does is one, it gives me text that's searchable. Two, it gives me an actual photo backup of the handwritten notes I took so I don't have to transcribe all of them. And three, it makes, them, makes it now accessible wherever I need it, whenever I need it, but I don't lose the flexibility of the handwritten notes. It's not perfect. I mean, I, I get arguments all the time, well, why don't you just take it all digital in the first place? Well, because I don't want to. And I'm a grown-up, and I'm allowed to make that choice. So I take it analog, and then I've started backing up. And it's been working really well for me because it's that problem we have with analog where it's like, how do I get this thing to remind me that when I walk into the grocery store, I need eggs? Well, a paper notebook's not going to do that. Digital will, assuming you have signal. And I'll get up on my soapbox for a minute. I have to take a paper grocery list into my grocery store, not because I want to, but because by the time I get back to the meat counter, there's no signal. So no matter how good the digital tech is, it's still going to fail us at times. We still have to think about our backup processes one way or the other. Well, and, and you make a great point in there because I want to, because I'd like to. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people miss in all this productivity world is what did you like? You know, can I do you know this notebook on on a different platform or even in paper? Yes, I don't want to carry paper. I have lost enough paper in my life already. Okay, um, but. Also, I love to play with my iPad. I'm not going to say otherwise. I, I love that device. So, so that, that because I want to and because I like it, it is really, really important. At least I believe something key on productivity. You need to remember what did you like to use. You know, if you are the guy or the girl who loves to play with markers and colors, please do carry all of them with you. It's just a matter of how many of them you're willing to carry and to wear and to what. But you need to make the thing work. You are going to be the one who interacts with this all day. I have worked with people so well. So I, you know, notebooks need to be digital. No, you can go to a solution like what you are describing. Take a picture of the thing you know, once a day or every two hours or whatever, every time you're going to move out of there. That way you keep a digital version of a black copy if you need to or don't take risk, but make sure that whatever you're going to use is something that you like and that you like to use and more importantly, that you are enjoying using. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. If, if you don't enjoy using your system, and I know that sounds funny when you think about work, but if you don't like using the tool, you're not going to use the tool. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And whether it's digital, whether it's analog, whether it's iPen, whether it's fountain pen, it's not going to matter. If you don't enjoy it, forget it. Move on to something else. And that's okay. Take that step. Make that migration piece. I use a Chromebook for pretty much everything I do. I run my entire business on it. And I do it not because it's the best platform, but because I like it. It does what I want it to do, and it does it in a way that makes me happy. So that's okay. Find ways that these systems will make you happy. And when it comes down to organizing your notebooks, you have to follow the same approach. 
You have to find a way to organize your notebooks that you're going to be happy with how it works for you. Not based on somebody else's structure, not based on a predefined methodology or workflow. No. Use those as examples and starting places. But when I think about my OneNote notebooks, I have a OneNote notebook for everything that is not work or client related. All my personal junk goes into one OneNote notebook. Why? Because I know that notebook's synchronized to my phone. It's always accessible. Good. I got it. The client stuff, different conversation because I may have to share that. I may have to print it out. I may have to back it up or you know, produce it for legal reasons. They don't need to see my home repair list mixed in with that stuff. So it gets stored in a different place and handled with a different place. But it still comes back to, is that what's going to make me feel like I'm being productive? I'll be honest with you right now, I'm changing my system up because I don't feel I'm at the level of productivity I want to be based on my current workload. So analog, digital, doesn't matter. You're going to tinker with it. You're going to make it, make it fit what you want to do. Just don't freak out when it does, it's not a perfect fit. Remember, it can be adjusted. Understand that whatever system you can may work for a while. It may be even really a long while, but eventually it may break down. And it's okay. It's not that you're doing anything wrong, all right? If uh, things are going to change and evolve, your needs are going to change and evolve, you need to understand, hey, you may be able to do it in Evernote for the longest time, and then suddenly you're going to need to go and change to OneNote because that's going to work better or to a digital or to paper. And you need to be okay understanding that that change is not necessarily bad when it's justified. The problem is the line between that change being a strategic or a way to procrastinate, not to do the stuff in that notebook and the stuff on your list is really, really thin. And that's where you need to be really careful. I couldn't agree more. There's a there's a a, a factor where you decide that you're not being as productive as you want to be in the case of art, and the change is going to be a productive gain for the time and investment spent in changing, and then there is change for the sake of it. And this, this there's actually an exception there also, though, but because I see a lot of people where they see their system working and it's fine, but actually the excitement of of the system diminishes, so they actually start to be less productive, less motivated to get things done. And it's actually the change that allows them to kind of jumpstart their excitement about being productive. If you look at the analog bullet journal world and just do a search on bullet journaling, a lot of the images you see come back have nothing to do with being productive. There are ways to decorate a notebook and, and put in washi tape and you know, colored pencils and watercolors and all things like that. And a lot of people look at that and go, what the heck does that have anything to do with getting stuff done? But it does. Because it, for those people, that creates the positive motivation and reinforcement to use the system. And if that's what it takes, do it. If that keeps you on track, do it. It's the same thing I do with Todoist. Todoist karma reinforcement to me is still that little kick in the pants that says, yep, I'm going to beat that thing. I'm going to get grandmaster status and keep doing that. So when it comes to notebooks and the notebook naming, I got to admit, I struggle with naming quite a bit. 
because there's a balance point we have. We think about some systems that are focused around the title of the note and the title of the notebook to be able to identify it and search for it. Others are plain text within the notes themselves. So what I tell people is, look, forget about searching the context. If all you had is a list of your notes, could you tell them apart? And if so, how well can you tell them apart? If you have 14 notes in a folder or in a notebook that says meeting minutes, what's the value? You need that visual cue and connection. So standardizing on a naming convention personally is big. If you're going to expand this to a team now, it's huge because it's like having a little kid at a family reunion. Everybody calls them something different and the kid's looking around at you and you're like, who should I go to? Yeah, I, I think that the the naming of notebooks is is actually really important. So I'm, I'm going to give a, a couple of thoughts here and, and this will spark some conversation, of course. One is that when you're in a digital notebook environment, some systems allow you to be able to sort differently than alphanumerically, but I'm going to speak from the Evernote side since it, it is going to always sort alphanumerically when it comes to stacks and notebooks. So you can do a couple of things, right? Which is you can put either ABC in front of the names of your notebooks so that they order correctly. You can put dots or, or other types of punctuation that sort those, those most important notebooks to the top. And for me, I actually always use the letter Z and before the word archives or archive for my notebook. So my notebook is called Z Archives. And that just pushes the archives notebook to the bottom of the list. So that the dot notebooks, which in, in my case is my inbox, it floats to the top. Uh, and, and I've actually stopped doing that now because I, I don't I have the ability to create shortcuts in Evernote. So I just drag the inbox notebook up to shortcuts and now it's at the very top of my system. So that when I go to process, right under shortcuts, right at the top of the, of the left, left panel navigation, inbox is right there. So I don't even need the dot anymore. But the point is, is that you can dot things or use the at symbol, whatever, whatever you want in terms of a punctuation mark that will go into your system that will sort it to the top and Z to the bottom. Uh, then what, again, going back to kind of what I was talking about before, I feel like sitting down and looking at your the areas of your life, and they could be major projects that you're working on. They could be various aspects of your life. It could be you, you decide that um, health is something that's very important to you. So you might have a notebook or a stack dedicated to, to health. And you may say family or your spouse or partner. You might say finances or money or whatever. That's an area of your life. Uh, you can actually look to the the Chinese concept of the bagua. Uh, it is an eight-sided diagram that shows different areas of life, and people typically know this from feng shui and the idea that that uh, you know people place this bagua over their home and and identify these various aspects of their life and physical space. Uh, well, you can kind of do that same thing with your notebooks. You can look at the bagua and it the eight air aspects of your life. You can kind of make those as your notebooks or your stacks. So then you have at least a, a basic structure. You can modify it from there, and it's going to change. There's no question about that. But at least start from some place that time immemorial has given you. I mean, the, the Bagua is over two or 3,000 years old. It's been working. So, <laughs> you know, you may, you may want it to be different as you move forward, but start, start from a place of solid, solid history and solid background. 
Stephen Covey, Dr. Covey gave four quadrants. So you you have a lot of 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 foundations out there. Look at look at examples of the ways in which people break up their lives. And at least for your for your notebooks, you know, uh, management, you can then use those major projects. As I said earlier, can really work here because you can you can decide. Okay, I have a major for major projects. I have a notebook for each, and and kind of go from there. I, it's interesting because it actually dovetails into something I've started doing recently, which has been helping me out a lot with this. Uh, we have with digital notebooks, we have tagging in most cases, we'll have context and things like that. I've started creating table of content pages and those table of content pages can go anywhere in any notebook and they provide me relative and relevant collections of other notes based on what I'm doing. So for example, if I'm heading into a meeting, I'll actually have a table of contents pages or a page for all the notes I'm probably going to need access to during that meeting. Could I get to them in my notebooks? Sure. But why not create a context? Why not create this aggregate that's going to make my life easier in that session so I can jump to a OneNote page or a SharePoint page or wherever I need to get to during that session rather than saying, yep, hang on, let me find that in OneNote. It's fast. It's faster. It does take a little prep, but I can then use it again later on. You're right. Finding those contexts, whether it's based on something that's 2,000 years old or whether it's based on you know, the layout of your house or whatever you're going to be doing in a given weekend, that kind of aggregate, don't feel like you have to have a locked structure. That's one of the big benefits of digital over analog is you can keep changing it. And analog, you can spend quite a bit of time and lay out a very nice organizational structure, but there is no hot linking. I mean, I can't click on a page and wind up on another page. There's some techniques that make it kind of like that, but it's not the same. So why not take advantage of those pieces? And that's part of that corporation that really make a difference at the end of the day is with the digital, as you said, you can go copy paste, you know, reorganize or make, as you're getting ready and preparing for that meeting, making those hot links or even creating a special notebook for or note for for that meeting so that way you have the information that you can foresee you're going to use and then being able not only to use the time during the meeting more effectively but also be have a much more pleasant experience while you are in that meeting you know instead of thinking of i know that information is somewhere into this notebook or somewhere in my email or somewhere in my office i can refer to that one and, re- and really allow things to move forward as you need. The same thing absolutely applies in personal productivity. If I'm going to, in, in a few weeks, I'm going to be dropping my daughter back off at college. I take her out there. I have this whole list of things that have to happen. They're in all different kinds of notebooks. Some are financial for the college. Some are packing lists. Some are travel things. They have their own sections within my system. But it's all tied to one event that's going on. So by putting these things together with relevant con- connections, I've gotten myself much more productive because now I don't have to find this stuff. And Art can add, have coffee with Ray to... Uh... Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to happen. Let's, let's um, talk a little bit about tags and notebooks because I think that we, we kind of touched a little bit on notebook naming, note naming, and that tags are available. I, I would like to talk about the importance of differentiating 
notebooks from tags, why tag something in a digital environment that you otherwise wouldn't do in a paper-based environment, similar to hyperlinking from one thing to another in the physical world really doesn't work very well. There are some techniques, as, as Art said, but it, it's not the same. What's the difference between a notebook and a tag in your system? I don't use them as much. Um, the only thing for when I'm a heavy user of tags is when I'm doing research. Okay, mostly because allow me to create certain tags and then go back to that specific place where I'm looking for information. But I, I am not a heavy tag person. I have never been. So I don't know how to tell you to tell you about that. I'm not that great about it. I use tags a lot on the digital side because it gives me con- contextual relevance without having to worry about do I have the right keywords within the body of a, of a note to be able to search for it later? I have a consistency. So, for example, if it's related to a particular client or a project, I'll tag it with that client. The client's name is probably going to show up in the note somewhere, but probably isn't good enough for a reliable system. I do want that level of consistency. Uh, now, I'll flip it around. Analog, I tag too. But tagging in analog is a little bit different. Best example I can give you for tagging on analog is take any paper book, open it up, especially nonfiction, open it up and look at the back of the book. The index is the equivalent of tagging because what it's done is it's reversed the tagging process. We think about tagging in the context of the item itself. Here what it's doing is pulling those relevant keywords back and giving you that reference list as to where they they show up. If you're doing an analog bullet journal, that's one of the ways to do that is you create an index page within your journal and you indicate what pages in the journal show up for what term. So if it's related to a particular client and I've made a note in my bullet journal, great. I go back to the index where that client's listed and I put that page number there. Done. I've tagged it. It's just backwards to what we think about. I would agree with you, Art. And actually, I believe that in a digital notebook management system, you actually also have to have indices for your tags. I I really fundamentally believe in the idea that you should have table of contents notes for your notebooks, and you should have indices for your tags. The idea of making your tags on the fly is going to create more havoc down the road because then you see just a pile of tags when you look at all of your tags together and you don't know why you created them. Have a purpose for those tags. Don't just start adding keywords to your system as tags because that's what search is for. If, if you're just adding words that you think you're going to look, look for later down the road, as you make them, you're going to inevitably put tags that are pluralized. So instead of just, you'll have tag and tags in your system, now you've made both tags useless. So you really need to start thinking about tags from a perspective of how, how are they going to do two things, organize and filter content cross notebook so that you can, because tags can you are typically searchable across an entire system. I'm talking specifically about Evernote here, but OneNote is the same, I suppose. Uh, you're, you're trying to look at these, these tags across a system for being able to organize and filter so you can find things, surface them quickly. But then from what I consider more of an ontological perspective, which is what what is the workflow? What are the steps or milestones along a project path? What are the what are what's the priority of something? How are you measuring the workflow of something? So, for example, you if you have step one, step two, and step three, 
you can have notes in a notebook that actually cover each of those steps and those notes associated with those things. So each note that is in step one, you can tag those and now you know how many things you have in step one or, or in milestone one so that you're able to then understand, okay, well, if I have uh, 20 clients, three of them are in step one, you know, uh, seven of them are in step two and 10 of them are in step three. That allows you to really start to manage your flow better and identify where people are. So you can, you can look at it from, a, from a, an organization perspective, where do things fit in my life, but also where do they fit in, in the project path? So, so consider, consider those as well. I will make one other note for tags, is, which is that I, I always create tags for things I don't want to see. So you can make this, again, using the, the letter Z. I, I, I avoid the letter Z because I use that already with Z archives. So I chose X. I don't know why, but I just chose X. And so I tag everything that I want to archive or make a status inactive as X. So then I just tag it as X when I don't want to see it anymore. And what that allows me to do then is once I've tagged everything as X in my archives notebook, which, you know, during my weekly review, it's just a checklist item, you know, command A or control A, tag everything as X that's gone into the archives notebook from the prior week. And all of my saved searches have a limiter for tag X. So it never shows up in my system. I never want to see my archives. And if I want to look for something in my archives, all I have to do is look for that which is in Z archives. So it really helps to, to manage things. And that, that, keeps a, that keeps a clear boundary between the two because most of these note-taking software do not have a, an archival function where you can actually take things out other than to export the data. But that's a, that's a nightmare. I actually just went through that with a client and uh, it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy when you have tens of thousands of notes and, and data held within them. You know, as I said, on my notebooks, I don't have that many tags. But I noticed, as you were talking, on my journal. I've been journaling for a long time, and that's where I have the tags. And and I wanted to reiterate what you said. You know, I don't have that many. You know, I've been specifically on day one, been journaling since the application came out. So, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, I have uh, tons of entries, and I was opening here on my iPad to see how many tags I have. And I was pleasantly surprised that I have 22. You know, it's not that I don't use them. I like some of them because allow me to go back in the journaling world to things that were important or are important. But I wanted to reiterate that comment, make, be conscious about those tags so they keep their power. Because if you have 22 in four years, that's not that many. You can't find that information. If you have 200, well, forget about it. I wanted to make the point, remember, you know, it's about you. You know, one of the things I really love about the piece of software I use is that I can use custom design paper, okay? I can design the paper or get the paper I like and put it in the digital and write over that paper. That, for me, is an important issue because I use different notebooks for different purposes and I like to have that information so for example on my work notebook on the left side in the top left part there is information that i want to have at hand or handy all the time so every time i create a new page all that information is there all the time why because it's much better than have a post-it around that i don't necessarily like so 
make sure that whatever tool you're going to use, you are going to make something that you are going to have fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been a really fun and interesting conversation. So thank you, gentlemen. Do you have a question or comment about this cast after listening to us discuss it? managing digital notebooks. If you're listening from anywhere other than the podcast website, I invite you to jump over to productivitycast.net and just type in the uh, episode number or it's probably the most current cast on the cast page. There at the bottom of the page, feel free to leave a comment or question. One of us will be glad to respond. Here on the productivitycast.net website, you'll also find the show notes and links to anything we've discussed. So you can jump right to those from the show notes section. Do you have a question about personal productivity generally? Uh, We really love hearing from you. So please visit productivitycast.net forward slash contact and you can get in touch with us. You can leave either a text-based message or you can record your audio message. So you can record an audio message and and leave us a message by voice. Uh, Thanks to Augusto and Art for joining me here on this cast today. And if you could, please add a rating or review in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We just enjoy the the props. We love the encouragement. And it also helps us grow our personal productivity listening community. So thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode of Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, joined with Augusta Pinaud and Art Gelwicks. Here's to your productive life. That's it for this Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity with your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks.